you do, Mr. Meredith? Out here in isolation, and if you'll forgive me for saying so, obviously not of independent means, how do you survive? I help out in the fruit and grape season. Do a little driving for a local farmer. That's odd. I bumped into a peasant type on my way here, and he seemed to think that you were some kind of artist. Painter. Oh, I dabble. More of a Sunday painter for my own amusement. Apart from that little hotel on the hill, there appears to be nothing and no one for miles. You must like your own company. Or do you have a companion? There's a woman. Yes, my peasant type told me that too. And conveniently, she appears to be out at the moment. Does she know that your name isn't really Meredith? She knows nothing. Do you hear? She is not involved in any way. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we're both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related topics. And for this bonus episode, we're recording this at the Gordon Craig Theatre in Stevenage, where we are with the cast and crew of Strictly Murder, uh, a play directed by Samuel Clemens uh, from a script by his father, Brian Clemens. So... Uh, Welcome, guys. Um, Thank you. Hi. Let's just introduce who we've got here. I'll let you guys do that. Uh, hi, uh, my name's Gary Turner, and I'm in the play, and I play the part of Peter. I'm Laura Lemon, and I play Susie. Hello, I'm Andrew Pettis. I play Joseph. I'm Samuel Clemens, and I'm the director. I'm Corinne Wicks, and I play Miriam. I'm Brian Capron, <laughs> and I play Ross. There you go. And as you can tell already, we're taking this extremely <laughs> seriously, as we like to do on these bonus episodes. So um, just to kick things off a little bit, we'll start with Sam, because he did say biggest ego first. Um, so Sam, if you could just tell us a little bit about what the play's about and how it came to be, that would be great. Well, um, it's... It, it's difficult to tell you much about it without giving it away, but it's no based, spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. It's um, set in 1939 in uh, in Provence, and an English couple, Peter and Susie, are enjoying their idyllic life, and then it's massively disturbed by the introduction of a character called Ross, who throws their lives into sort of turmoil. Um, but it's it's set in um, April um, 1939, and it's all what that beautiful build up before the onset of war and there's a lot of kind of references to Nazism, but war is on the route, there's sort of a lot of, you know, no one really, everyone has a secret okay. and it always gets, every scene ends with some form of twist or change which keeps the audience guessing the whole time and the way it came about was in about 2004 I think because uh, this was uh, published in 2006 mm -hmm. um, and Dad was always struggling with trying to write like a, a whodunit or a thriller 
mm-hmm. um, on stage, but technology has destroyed the thriller on stage because you can just go, well, I'm here, you know, we'll just pin drop me or just find me on Google or here's the internet, just ruins everything. So he thought it'd be nice to set something back in the past where we don't have technology to aid us. And it makes it a bit more interesting. It's a good period. He was a child of the war. He was born in 1931, so he was a young boy growing up during that period. So... Um, he knew a lot about it and was fascinated by that period. And what was interesting, actually, is having research, when we researched the, the, the period, mm-hmm. we discovered that actually everything comes from some form of reality. Every character sort of has someone to reference who existed, and Dad sort of took those ideas and you know, ran with them and turned them into what he, he wanted to, to make it a bit more dramatic from his perspective. I can't reveal those because they tell you everything about the yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it was really his answer to the problem of the thriller. Um, and he thought it would be interesting to do a whodunit because he'd never used to sort of write those. Everyone thought he used to sort of do whodunits, but he was more of a, a kind of plot theatre um, thriller writer. Mm-hmm. And then he was asked to do Perry Mason in, um, in the States. And Perry Mason sort of the producer Dean Hargrove thought he'd be great at doing that kind of thing. He said, well, I'm not really sure, you know, I don't really do that Agatha Christie kind of thing. And um, he said, well, I think you'd be really good at it. And so he gave him a shot at it. He went out there, watched a few episodes, met a few of the writers and all that, remember, and felt that he could do it and did it. And they turned out very well and successful. And I think he sort of, that was another string to his bow. So this was his, this more than I think any of the others of his are, are more a whodunit than any of his other plays. His other plays are sort of, far more down-the-road sort of thrillers than this. Okay. And, it, and is this the first adaptation of this play? No, this has been done quite a few times. I've been in it. I played Gary's role once <laughs> in Weekly Rep, badly, and, uh, you know, poorly miscast. Not, not as well as Gary. Uh, much better. better. Much better than Gary. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeps telling me that. He sends me text every day. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as Nottingham Gary. Not, yeah, as, not as good as, as Nottingham Gary. <laughs> but, yeah, it's been done quite a few times, probably about eight times or something like that. And I've seen most of them, and I've never thought it's been done with the level of care and attention and there it's difficult because when you read it there is a tendency to go towards the melodrama Mm -hmm. and to go towards the comedy of it and so some characters particularly Drew's character Joseph has been played a lot as a kind of clowning buffoon which is completely the wrong way to go about it so I thought we could do or I could do something interesting with it if I was given the chance and then I brought this is my debut as a theatre director, so I brought um, some of my film kind of people in. So I brought our composer, Edward White, in to score it. And so he scored it on the rehearsals. I'd send him videos of the rehearsals because we only had a couple of weeks. And then he'd sort of score the footage. And then we'd tweak it based on what was happening. And we came up with a way of... It's, it's an interesting way of working where the, there's, it sounds like one track but it's about six that all fit together perfectly. So every time someone does something or picks something up, puts it down, it's cued that way. So it feels like it's very organic. So the actors can change the timing of it every night and it still feel, you know, on on point. So, yeah, so that's sort of what I thought I could bring to it. It was just maybe a bit of the film way of looking at it because it is quite filmic. There are huge sequences in it that have no dialogue whatsoever. There's like, you know, a good five minute scene almost with nothing apart from just action, so it lends itself to it already. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, let's open this up to our cast, you know, feel, feel free to, to jump in. Um, oh, I just a question about, well, I, with theatre, it's very talky usually, isn't it? So what is it like performing a five-minute scene where there's no dialogue on stage? 
The scene that um, it's it's the one where I'm sort of getting ready and and, and it's that. There's that, two. That, there's also there's, when when <clears throat> you, you come back. It's quite long as well. There's, there's yeah, quite a few moments. Yeah. It's it's a relief. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. And I mean, the one that I do is pretty tense. I'm in a hurry and I'm um, I don't want to give anything away, but I'm rushing around like a madman trying to cover my tracks and preparing for the arrival of another character, possibly, possibly preparing to kill them. You're not quite sure. So um, from an acting point of view, it's easier to just get on with it because you know there's no, there's no other people that you, you're acting with, I suppose. Actually, you have quite a bit as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in how, how the audience, the, the audience actually, you, you, I mean, at moments, you, at times, you can hear a pin drop because they've got to watch the character and you've got nothing else apart from what, and, and it's, you could, we set up a quite a few red herrings with what we're doing, um, but also sometimes it's, it explains the characters. So particularly with Joseph, you, you really don't know his story at all. And his story is only told through other characters. His, you know, his, his, his backstory, if you like, is revealed through other characters. So it's, it's quite liberating. As Gary said, you don't have any lines. Um, but the action has to be very pertinent. You have to justify everything you do. Um, and if you want to tell the audience or signal something to the audience, it's got to be clear, and we and we did rehearse those sequences with Sam, long and hard, and make sure that we knew exactly why we're doing them. But I, 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 I find it fascinating because sometimes the audience get a little restless because they're waiting for someone to say something, but we hang it out a little bit longer and go, no, no, you're not going to have any lines yet. You, you, you've got to watch. You've got to get interested, and they do get interested, and we win them over for that. And it, it's very atmospheric, so it really does set the atmosphere before certain scenes. And you're allowed to change it a little bit as well, like, like yeah, you found, and when I've come back and seen it, they've they found other moments, or sped oh, yeah. things up, and it's... it's yeah. So there's a good soundscape as well, and, and we have the music, mm. uh, yeah. which is so, I mean, the music makes a hell of a deal, I mean, I think, I think the music adds about 20% of this play to the atmosphere, it's, it's very, it's terrific music, and it, 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 it's, it's inspired us, and it's, it, it mm. kind of, as soon as we hear it, come in, you know, woof, you know, it lifts us as well. Music takes over from the dialogue in places because yeah. we, we work with the music and the music yeah. with us. Because as Sam said, it was scored very much on what we were doing. It feels like you're in a movie at certain yeah. points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that, was, that was a question I was going to ask sort of uh, coming on from that is, I, I take it, all, have you all of you done both film and theatre? Both stage mm -hmm. and screen? I was yeah. going to ask you, sort of each sort of which I know they're very different things and they require a different skill set but as actors which which do you prefer yeah. um I've said it before I think um I prefer doing screen work purely I think because I've done more of it um I suffer um, suffer a lot with nerves stage fright and things so you don't tend to get quite so much of that um when you're doing um filming partly because you can go again mm -hmm. Uh, but the more I do of, of uh, theatre, yeah, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm growing to love it. Right. Um, you get the instant buzz, yeah. You get the instant buzz, you get the, um, not that I, the part I'm playing in this doesn't get much of a, an instant buzz. Um, <laughs> it's not particularly a funny character. But, um, you know, but she's hilarious. She, well, yeah, the way I play it is yeah, hilarious. Yeah, the way you play um, it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, um, 
yeah, the, you, you can feel you can feel the, the, the audience. But I think on balance, yes, I'd still say Scream is my, my favourite, I think, okay. so far. Um, I think because I've done more, more I'm the opposite of, of Corinne really, I've done a lot more stage work than Screen. I love Screen because it's, for me, it's always, it's, it's a little bit new and I'm still learning. Um, so I enjoy that, I enjoy learning the process of Screen work and, and, and TV stuff. But um, We did a 48 hour sci-fi film channel. Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, 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 that was great, that, that was good fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But yeah, I suppose I'm very, I'm very at home on stage I, I, and I do love listening to the audience and you know particularly doing I've done a lot of comedy before doing something serious like this so that's yeah you're almost working with it with a you know a partner in the auditorium if you like so I really I get a, a big buzz of work on stage cool. um, I think I prefer it's really hard to say prefer or not I think I, I find theatre slightly easier because of the amount of rehearsals you get and that you get to run. You just get to run it for two hours, two and a half hours, or mm -hmm. I find film a little bit more difficult because you are filming out of sequence, you're filming, um, you're sort of stop starting, stop starting, and I find it harder to to work that way, I suppose. Prefer to just be like sort of absorbed in it. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, that's probably, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always say when, when I'm doing telly or film that I prefer to do theatre and when I'm doing theatre I prefer to do telly or film. I like them both. Um, they both present quite different challenges. What I love about the theatre is that it goes, the bloodline goes right back through the history of what, what, what it's all about. You're telling the story in front of an audience and I find that incredibly exciting. And there's no escape, you're, you're there. And it's a kind of it's a two well three way thing between you, the other actors, and the audience. And every show is different, and every mm -hmm. show, you know, is kind of original in its own way. And that is really exciting. That's you know you never get you, you can never get bored with that. But at the same time, like for instance, the luxury you get with TV and especially film is that you can work up to a point <clears throat> in a particular scene. You know, you, you can be spending, right, okay, we've got a day to get these three pages down or whatever. So as an actor, you can you can change it and then you can stop and you can, the director will go, no, try it this way, you know, and you, you, you can kind of really create something specific and maybe go places that you wouldn't go in front of an audience because you're in the middle of a slightly different process. I don't know if I'm... Mm -hmm. Sort of no, talking myself no, into no, a corner, no, 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 yeah. a corner really. So um, I suppose, yeah, and you know, usually the money's better in TV. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Yeah. So I also Ryan? miss. Oh, um, no, I agree a lot, a lot with what Gary says. Um, they've each got their own challenges, obviously, and also within the terms of film or television, uh, multi-camera is completely different to single camera because mm. multi-camera on sitcoms and soaps, um, everything's shot very, very quickly. So you're doing, in the case of something like Coronation Street, you're doing a whole episode in a day. Mm -hmm. And because it's multi-camera, all the shots are, are, are written down for, first. The, the director has to, has to give the cameraman all the shots. So you're playing it to the director. So there's, there's no room for change, really, at all. You just have to fit in and do your best with what you've got. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's, a, that's a certain kind of pressure, which is, you know, does give you a buzz. And as soon as you've done a scene, and you go to the next one, 
um, as soon as you hear clear, which is what you're praying for, that you just eject that scene from your head. And if they ask you to go back, it's very difficult yeah. to get it right. back in because you're going on to the next one. Yeah. Um, in film, I, I, that's a completely different thing, or, or any single camera situation, um, where you have to learn a certain um, stillness and uh, uh, use your, your, your face and your eyes in a kind of different way. It's, and you still have to be very natural uh, and, and real and, and find your way with that camera. And I always say, make that camera your friend. Mm -hmm. And I love cameras and I feel very at, very at home with them when I walk into a studio because I, I you know, been doing it since 1973. So, and then with, with theatre, there are lots of different things there. Again, the, challenge, the biggest challenge with theatre is to try and keep it natural. And yet you have to project this character to hundreds of people. Um, and I think that's the biggest problem for us really, is to not act, you know, but, you know um, uh, and, and try and make the character truthful and believable at the same time and the way you relate to other characters. And the best chance you've got of doing that is by having a very good detailed rehearsal period, which not that we had a great long time with this, but we had quite a detailed uh, time where we could learn an awful lot and bring a lot of detail and, uh, and historical content onto the stage that we wouldn't have been able to do. And the best thing about um, uh, theatre, uh, uh, as Laura mentioned, is that you actually have a proper rehearsal time, whereas mostly on television and film, you just turn up and do it. Right. Up, and, uh, on a soap, you'll have, or most things, you'll just have one camera rehearsal. Mm -hmm. um, if you're doing film and you have the luxury, most film is done about just, what, two or three minutes edited a day, so you have all day mm -hmm. to do a scene. And you earn your money when that camera com comes round to you. So it's done. You know, it's done its three shot. It's done its two shot or whatever. And then it come, it's coming round to singles. Bang, bang, bang. And as it comes to you, <laughs> everyone else has done brilliant. <laughs> if you're last, that's, yeah. that's the funny shot. You've got to keep it really good there and keep your nerve. Yeah. And then you see someone do something really good and naturally. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I've got to be as good as that. So they all have their challenges, but I love it all. And it's an absolute privilege to do any of it. Sorry, Laura, you're going to add something, weren't you? Just then. Uh, so I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, it was gone. I, I didn't want to leave you out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, and then Sam, I've got to ask you. Then you obviously you've acted, you've directed, um, and now you've not only directed film but theatre. Yeah. So for you, again, are they? Have you got a greater love, or, or are you split? It's hard. I, I feel less pressure being a director than I do being an actor. Right. Certainly. I, because I know what has gone into making it. I know the problems. I know the budget. I know the constraints. I know the, the, all the issues. And I, I would defy most other people to do a better job than what I've done within the time constraints. This is how I feel mm -hmm. when I'm making something film-wise or film -wise, or even in, in, this, in, in, uh, in this show. Um, so it doesn't. I don't feel that, that same worry that I do as an actor like Brian said you know when the camera comes around you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh god and you just feel like god am I going to be really bad you know like there is a pressure like I know actually Corey you said you kind of relax I kind of do the opposite on camera I just freak out because I know that it just captures thought mm -hmm. and if I'm not thinking anything or it's vacuous. <laughs> well, you're rubbish. You know, so, um... Mind you, it's like what Bob Hoskins said, isn't he, about the, you know that last shot in uh, not the last shot, the, the Longer Friday yeah. oh. when he's in the back of the cab. Yeah, and you, see, you know our hearts. Fought. 
in his head. Yeah, yeah. he reckons he was thinking about what he was having for dinner. Because I don't know whether that's I, true. I mean, I, he said I, that, but yeah, I don't know whether that's no, true or not. No way. Yeah. I did, I did a, when I was studying film, we did a class on that scene. Ah, right. How to, right. How to t- because he tells, every, he tells you every thought that's going through his mind, just through his, his expressions, his movements in mm. the back of that cab, mm. you know, and at the end, you know, he's just, he's accepted it. There's nothing he can do, mm. you know. Mm. Very good director on that film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've worked with that director. I did a play for the day years ago. But, um, yeah, in answer to it, though, I, I, I like both. And I think they both feed each other, like, because I teach acting as well. And that's the only difference that I found between teaching acting and directing is that when you're directing, you're not having to teach anything the actors just turn up and bring stuff you know oh, brilliant now we can just work because you're you know, professional know what you're doing um but i think they they feed each other i honestly by teaching acting i feel like i'm I, i've got better as an actor and as a director by watching mistakes mm. and watching what doesn't work and what does work and and continually being inspired by you know new young people doing stuff that's amazing, and you're mm. like, God, oh, I wish I was like that. Was, yeah. You know, yeah, there is yeah. that thing, yeah. but I think it's I think having youth around <clears throat> around you is important for it to keep that that you know excitement going. But I like both, and I, and people have tried to pigeonhole me into one for a long time. Like, why don't you just stop acting and be a director, or why don't you just stop yeah. directing and just be an actor? And I yeah, feel I like, well, the same. It's horrible, isn't it? I'm just like, no. I'm like, you know, and I, I really have had to battle people saying that and I just go no I want to do both and I think I can do both so why not I mean I do more I mean we have to write and produce <clears> do, I mean do everything you know that's the problem now is that you have to do everything you have to know how to do everything um, to be given the opportunity to do something <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> no, it does. one of the so. things I would say about <clears throat> the difference between in, in the th- this is a, a touring production, and very often a touring production, you get the phone call, do you want to do the part, you turn up. There's not some, quite very often, there's not a lot of direction, so it's left up to the actors, and you kind of basically learn the lines, learn the moves, and get on with it, and make the best of it you can. It was a completely different process with this, because Sam has worked in that touring environment, um, he brought his um, drama centre experience, which is a, you know a very detailed way of working. So by the time we turned up, you know he'd asked us to be off book. He'd given us projects to do about the world that we were in, and we started off with um, Meisner exercises. In commercial theatre world, that's unheard of. Mm. It's completely unheard of. You know, it's up to us. And that was kind of, for me, and I think for most of us as well, that was really liberating. Because all of a sudden we're like, oh, and it was, it, it was like all of a sudden the elves could come out of the box to play. Because you, you fall into the trap of go, repeating your bad habits because you think, well, I've only got two days and then we're on and, you know, I've got to learn that speech and I'll just do what I normally do. But with this, we were kind of at liberty and it was kind of all credit to... Um, well, it was, yeah, we bonded it was very quickly too, I think, yeah. and uh, kind of we all came together as a team. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a it's a very team performance, and and we all I think enjoy. I think this could have been a, a tricky tour. It's a very long tour, and if we didn't get on and support each other every night. 
and that was important to me is try and create that girly because <laughs> I knew I was like oh, they're going to be together from March to October and yeah. maybe even longer I don't know but at the moment that's what it is um, so I was like well we've got to have people that are going to be able to work well with each other because if you hate each other I mean they might hate each other right? no. uh, yeah, yeah, certainly not yeah, in this room okay. yeah. I mean my stab wounds and bite marks are fading now <laughs> Well, Drew, it's yeah. quite a nice company, I suppose. Isn't it? Oh, Drew! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it matters a lot. It comes across. I think it comes across, and we we've had some lovely reviews, which is you know, it's, you know, and they're, they're well deserved. And going back to the, because of Sam's direction, mm. he's pulled it all together, and he's he's put so much detail and so much care in this production. There's so much going on, mm-hmm. and I think we all we've all appreciated that, and we feel yeah. we're we're a, a reasonably quality product. It's just a shame he's not a very nice person. Really. <laughs> he can't have it always. No, he, he can't. can't. No. Yeah. Thank you. To his face. No, yeah. no. That's kind of interesting, though. I mean, you know, they always sort of say that the stage is, is the actor's medium, and it's interesting, like, Karen, what you were saying about the fact that you, you actually feel more comfortable in the, in the film world and stuff. Um, the, the, the improvisation and the, and, the, and the exercises and all that sort of thing, I mean... You know, Gary, you've already said that you found it helpful. Was that across the board? Did you guys all all find that sort of thing helpful? Yeah, I think yes. it gave us a certain amount of freedom to then sort of play with with the script and and also the trust thing. Like Brian was yes. saying, we bond, it, yeah. it means that you that Sam created this um, environment of trust, so you just try whatever you want. You can play whatever, and there was no wrong answer. To if you it. trust the other actor, then then you 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 make yourself you mm. don't mind making yourself vulnerable yeah. uh, to the because you know that they're there for you and they're trying to do their best to, to move the scene and find new things in the scene and develop the scene, and the, and that's that's what that does. Mm. I've got a really horrible question for everyone now. It's Sam's fault. Okay, I just blame him. Uh, we obviously do a, uh, and I hate this question, so that's why I'm saying it. We, we do a podcast called Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. So real quick, without thinking about it, I was going to ask each of you what your favourite and what your least favourite films were. Oh. See, I can tell already you're mortified. <laughs> well, I can, uh, my least favourite, how can I possibly, uh, the, my favourite film, uh, I, I'm not going to get into any arguments of whether it's the best film of all time, but because I think it's like Kingsley Amos says, you, you know, your friends aren't necessarily the people you love the most, they just got there first. <laughs> and with me, Blade Runner got there first. So that's that, that would be... My least favourite film? Holy. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a horrible bloody uh, Well, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you do and stick with the director. I'm gonna go Robin Hood. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, there you have it. <laughs> I mean, that was just awful. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What Prince of Thieves? No, no, no the Ridley Scott. Scott. Oh, Ridley Robin Scott. Hood. Russell oh, yeah. Crowe. He went. He went from Welsh to Scouse to to <laughs> Northern <laughs> in one sentence. But the poor, and it was but the poor bastard it, the was surrounded by someone from like from Ireland, from Newcastle <laughs> and Yorkshire, oh, and he's yeah. trying to do something in the middle. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna. I, 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 I'm gonna th- well, everybody else, I'm gonna think about my least favorite film of all uh, time. Okay. Um, so my favorite film, my favorite film of recent of the last couple of years would be Wild Tales. Oh, that was great. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, such yeah. a. I would recommend it to anyone. It's such a fun film. It's one of those films. If you don't love the first segment, you're not gonna. Love yeah, the you'll rest hate of the rest of it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that film fun. and thinking, oh, this director has made five of the best short films ever made. Yeah. In one movie. Yeah. It's like, well, we might as well just give up now. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then my least favourite is probably something like Dirty Dancing. I want to sing this song. No, I wasn't going to. Dirty dancing. Certainly is not dirty dancing. I'm, I'm, I'm Gary. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to think of my least favorite. My favorite film would be City Lights. Chaplin, City Lights, definitely good. Um, least favorite is. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few Jim Carrey films that are floating around there for me. Not the Truman Show. Truman Show, I like to talk, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple of Jim Carrey. <laughs> liar, liar, probably is the one that I would, uh, I would shoot myself in the face before seeing. I love seeing. Jim Carrey. I told you it's a bit of crap question. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Corin? Oh, golly. Um, uh, um, Favourite, there's so many, but um, uh, I'm going to go with, um, oh, I don't know, uh, probably just for sheer... Um, Silliness, it would be a Steve Martin, so The Jerk or Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Nice, good choice. Least favourite, yeah, just because I saw it the other day and I was so disappointed disappointed with it. Wonder Woman. Yes. Don't get me on it. Yeah, that is up there. Yes. Such a yes. disappointment. That is up there. <laughs> it's a man's film and it should be a woman's film. Brian? Well, I'm struggling with the worst one. I, I, both of them, really. But what comes to mind is... Um, Were you in your favourite one? Uh, <laughs> 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 well, I worked with Gwyneth Paltrow in Emma. Um, uh, my, my, one of my favourite... I mean, I can't think of any, but one of my favourites comes to mind is Festen, uh, um, which, which I absolutely adore that film because it's like a... It's like a, 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 a little bomb that's been rolled down a hill and it goes <laughs> in the middle. It's, I, I just adore that film. My, my, one of my favourite Western films, if we talk about Western films, is Once Upon a Time in the West. And oh, I can watch it over and over again. Yeah. And my, my son and I absolutely, I just love that film. The opening yeah, part it's, it's got one of the, the best shots in cinema history, the one where she enters the town. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the, just about you guys talking about music, uh, Inyo Morricone actually had written and scored that piece so when she was walking through and they did the crane shot the music was playing set. really wow. oh, yeah, didn't he, didn't he, he written, he'd written all the characters themes beforehand so every character yeah. had their theme but he posts yeah, so, it's all the dialogue but it still kind of works amazing, those yeah. shots when they're waiting for the train to come yeah. in and all the faces and the flies and the this oh. and it's just, it's just that uh, I, I just uh, absolutely uh, adore that film. Um, bad films, I, oh dear, I, I'm sure. There's so I'm many, so right? Many. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, a hard question. Yeah, none come to mind. Film I hate the most: Pretty Woman. Pretty oh yeah, yeah. That's Sam's favourite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, feel, that film alone. <laughs> I think apparently the uh, numbers of prostitutes in Hollywood doubled after really? that film came out. Because they all thought yeah. they were going to find a millionaire. Uh, I know Richard Gere. Okay. Well, one of the most disappointing films, actually, just, I don't know why I come to it, is a film that Tony Hancock made. He made one film. Oh, I like that. The sculpture. The sculpture one. No, I don't know. What was yeah, it called? The, the Rebel something. The, the Rebel. Um, the Rebel. The Rebel. Would yeah. you, wasn't that when he made the sculpture? Yeah. Yeah. Was it? I yeah. like that film. I don't know. I, 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 I think I expected so much from it. I mean, it's going back a long way now. But, but um, He made another one, The Punch and Judy Man. 
which was which was oh, beautiful. Yes. That yes. was a lovely film. That was better because that, that was that, better. That was yeah. better. Yes. But that was when he was feeling a little bit I sorry for himself. And the yeah. melancholy in that film was oh, gorgeous. Yeah. I do remember one. one quite, the only funny scene in *Rubber* just can't remind is, which is so stupid. But um, you see him set up what was a, as a city man going to the city as a commuter, and everyone's standing on the other side of the, <laughs> the station, except for him. <laughs> he's standing there. And as the trains come in, the one going the other way comes in first, then the one comes in going to London. He just walks in through one and through it. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, it's the days where you could do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I'm sorry, just chuck that two penny thing. Any other questions for them, Simon? Well, I have one for you, Sam. So, being directing, the film director, you're total control over the performances <clears> and stuff. So, when the, the play is going on, how, what do you do as a director? Sweat. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, well, I tried to because I, what I tried to do is, having done a lot of this type of touring work before as an actor, I, I got so frustrated with not being able to approach it the way I wanted to for years. So I wanted to try and do it this way. And I think the way of doing that is by making the space safe so the actors feel comfortable to try things. And also what most directors who don't act don't really understand really until you're doing it is that the play that you start with is not the same play later on. Mm -hmm. It's completely different. It builds and gathers more detail, more me momentum, and you understand every thought process and you discover new thought process and new reasons. So I kind of wanted to allow them the freedom to feel that they could change it. They could, you know, if, they, if there was a bit of blocking that they didn't like, that didn't work, you know, don't, don't, nothing is sort of sacred that they should be able to move and change. Mm -hmm. So I, when I watch it, I'm, it's quite, I'm quite excited to see the tiny nuances of changes that happen. Um, so it doesn't worry me so much, but because I know that I was doing that as an actor. I mean, the, the, I've worked with so many actors that you start and they are exactly the same on the first day of rehearsal as they are nine months later. They're the same delivery. It doesn't matter how you do it to them, they don't do anything different. And there's nothing more boring in the world than, because you know they're not listening. And that's trying to create a space to listen to each other and then just react and when you do that it becomes quite easy acting is quite easy when you are just you've done the work you throw it away and you work with the person in front of you mm -hmm. I think also I mean when you be, because there is trust and because of the way the rehearsals were set up you're in you watch a, you, you, you'll watch a show and then you'll come to the dressing room afterwards and he'll go oh this was good this was good not so sure about that why did you do that and you know and because we're all kind of open to that that's kind of really helpful from from an actor's point of view and that's something maybe don't stand on your head during the love speech yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I think that's the, the the nice thing about theatre and about the live environment is <clears throat> in film as an actor you put all your trust in the filmmaker mm. basically because you know it's he or she that's in control of what the overall thing's going to be. But obviously, when you're doing something like a, a play like this, not only are you working with the director, but you, you know you absolutely have to have that trust in each other as well, don't you? And uh, I think that's why when theatre's good, you know, when it really works, it's because because of that camaraderie and that teamwork. Yeah, you know? collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, they control it now. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, 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 it's their beast. Now. It's it's it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this might be a bit of a naive question, but do you find with most theatre shows that the director is actually there 
for every performance or, or, or is it a yeah. case of they just we've done the rehearsal off you go boys. yeah I mean mm. I think they're only contracted up till the, the opening night and then that's it really mm. so the ghost of so it's entirely up to them yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> to come and see the so show so I'm off yeah. 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 Some, some directors never let a show go which is, which is, yeah. which is they're yeah. obsessed and they come every night and they keep changing it and you, you need to let a show go mm. it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a baby mm. you have to let, a child you have to let go of yeah. and then you can come back to it um, but uh, but most people in touring theatre don't give a toss and just it, after the direction they, they they've disappeared and that that's it. Just like Sam. Somehow. So so for our listeners then, if you could just let us know what what, what are the tour dates and, and venues Keep and where <laughs> and more importantly where can they purchase tickets for this wonderful. Where indeed? <laughs> Where indeed can they well, just this at the venue? Um, the internet. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, the um, the website. Uh, the company's called Talking Scarlet, and the website's talking-scarlet.co.uk, and that has all the toilets there. But I'll give you a few of them here. That's um, just to, to to go online for the individual theatres, because then you can see the seats, and you can you know then you can you can book that yeah. Yeah. online. Yeah. I mean, the the next obviously we're here at the Gordon Craig. Um, till Wednesday. Um, they're in Colchester at the end of the week, Thursday to Saturday. Uh, Harrogate. You want to give dates yeah. because this will probably go out next week. <laughs> oh, next week. Oh, next week. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it goes on till October, so it's really yeah. hard. To, okay. There's, there's yeah. literally. I mean, so I can give you opportunities. I, there's loads, I mean, I can give you all the venues, and they're all at least a week beyond this. So. Yeah. Uh, you've got Colchester, Harrogate, Lowestoft, Malvern, Western Supermare, Crewe, Dunstable, Stafford, Westcliff, Buxton, Swansea, Barnstable, Peterborough, Kingston, and Corby. And Guildford. And, and Guildford. And I'll tell you what, unfortunately, this is obviously audio. If only you could see how tired all the actors <laughs> <laughs> since, since you read those. Just listening to that. Oh, They're all sinking in their chairs. What's, what's the crew? Week. It's that back-to-back week, isn't it? It's, what is it? Crew? No, we've got... Dunstable um, Stafford. It's a massive... Yes. No, in it's one the one week. we're in September in this Peterborough. Oh, well, Peterborough. Peterborough. It would be much more boring being in one place all the time, though. I mean, we do like kind of buzz of the change of the atmosphere and you know the different theatres and just gets us mm. just you know we always a little bit nervous on the first night uh, in a new place because our voices suddenly sound completely different might have been in a great big theatre then we come to a studio theatre mm-hmm. and so it, it's funny because you, you just you, you hear yourself completely differently on it and then after one night bang you're completely used to it again right but it's it, it's good because it, it just changes things around a bit keeps it exciting yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look how excited they are. Yeah. 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 So excited. Yeah. Okay. So um, at least people can find out more about that on on talking talking-scarlet.co.uk and that has all the tour lists for everything um, of where where it's going to be. But you can purchase tickets from the website of each theatre that they're going to. They'll be up online, um, hopefully with a little video trailer as well, um, which we shot. Recently, um, give us a little flavour. Yeah. Actually, that was really um, that was quite interesting to do that because we've been rehearsing it for theatre mm. and big, and then all of a sudden we came in and we had to do scenes for for the camera. Oh right! And that was kind of bring it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is again? Is that an, another thing that's coming more into theatre that they will do like a yeah. like a trailer? Much more. Yeah. 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 Got to have it. Yeah. Got to. Mm-hmm. 
and have everything you've got to have, you know all the, all yeah. the media well that was i was going to ask about uh, social media is it on facebook twitter <laughs> facebook yeah uh, i mean twitter it's just at, at talking scarlet isn't it it's, talking scarlet uh, talking scarlet they, they, they i mean they probably they've got quite a few shows going on but um a lot of it is promoting this at the moment because this is the, i think the longest tour they've got uh, of the show they're producing at the moment so and is there a fan page on facebook there is. Forward slash Talking Scarlet. Oh, there is, yeah. yeah forward and there's an Instagram page, Talking Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done one for Just It's just been timing. That's, yeah. It's just the sheer... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The energy yes. of having to update it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, right. Yeah. that just leaves us to thank you all. Thank, and, you. Um, thank you. And uh, break a leg. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.